I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Now, we're doing something slightly different today. Uh, some people have been in touch and have said, hey, why don't you do a Twitter spaces so that we can all ask questions in a live environment and um, you can answer them as they come in. And we thought, hey, you know what? It's been very popular with lots of uh, people in it, so we'll give it a go. So we did just that on Sunday at midday, and I started off by inviting John to ask the first question. Good morning, John. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Sunny Leeds. Sunny Leeds. Yeah. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Why don't you fire across the first question? Um, I just want to see what you guys think of the uh, club's recruitment strategy. Um, yes, just be interested to see who the club brings in if we do get rid of Joe Pedro and stuff. And I'd just be interested to see if we've got like a clear sort of contingency plan in place. So we've done the sort of proper scenario planning for all the sort of permutations that can happen. I'm a little bit cynical from my point of view. Um, but I'm hoping that I'm sort of pre-wrong, you know, come the end of the transfer window. And I'm just sort of interested to see your thoughts. And just as a side note, I was on a run this, having a run this morning. I was just listening to the uh, Sunday service uh, last week, which had Lou Horns on. And uh, he was a little bit um, sceptical or he was a bit negative about the, uh, the club's um, recruitment department. And I think he just said like a League One club had a much better sort of um, recruitment department from his point of view. So I'm, I just want, I'm just kind of getting your, your points of view in terms of, you know, do you believe the club's, um, you may have more of an inside track than me, I guess. And I just wonder, you know, I think that they're sort of saying they have contingency plans in place. I guess maybe I'm just maybe a bit cynical. I don't, you know, we've, we've signed um, Bio for 5 million. And obviously we've signed people like Kalu and people like that. And, and, and it's, there is an element of cynicism from my point of view. Um, you know, you'd, you'd hope, I think Rob said the other day, that, you know, there is a contingency plan in place. Um, but whether, that, you know, it's just interesting to see how that would play out if, if Pedro and Saar, where to go so I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that and then yeah, the, yeah. the other thing I was just going to ask you about is um do you guys have any information on the whole um Kalu uh, situation because that all just seems a little bit strange so I don't know if you've got any information on that yeah um yeah so in terms of the contingency stuff I think it's kind of hard to it it's hard to see um this being a kind of a plan that was in place I mean pushing it late in the window is never going to help any sort of contingency plan um, I know there was an element of wait and see what what came in for the players and maybe they weren't expecting 
uh, the sort of bid they received for Pedro, maybe they weren't expecting to sell. But uh, in terms of contingency, I mean, it's we don't really know. And there's obviously talk of um, of centre backs coming in, regardless of, of these deals. But in terms of the forward line, we're in a bit of a difficult situation this late in the window. I mean, we're dealing with clubs in the same situation as us. Then uh, supposedly there is a plan, but I, I mean, it, it's hard to feel too too confident. Um, it, it's one thing if we kind of went into the window with the expectation of selling the entire front, front three plus Chucho Hernandez and said, you know, we maybe take a bit of a bit of a hit by selling early and, and making it public we are looking to sell these players, but at least then we have the time to to kind of exit plan our strategy to to reshape that team. What but I think the reason why it feels so uncomfortable and so weird wrong right now is that it's it just feels very improvised and late uh, and we're just kind of reacting to the situation rather than being proactive in it. Um, so in terms of in terms of the actual strategy, I think it's really hard to say, but I, I'm with you that I don't feel entirely confident that uh, it, it's going to be done in a way that kind of makes us feel overly confident. But who knows? Maybe they're wrong. I mean, I didn't expect them to bring in Keenan Davis either, and they did. And I, I'm, I'm pleased with Davis signing and the Chadbury signing. So maybe yeah. there is something there that um, I'm not... It's hard to it, it's hard to feel entirely confident that they're just going to kind of put it together and come to close the window that we'll be okay with it. But there are some glaring holes that need to be filled outside of kind of just replacing those players. So it's one thing if they just kind of bring, it, bring in a striker to replace to replace Saab, but we do still need help in, in other positions as well. So I'm hoping that if we do sell, that we use the money to, uh, or at least a, a, you know, some of our total transfer income we've had quite considerable amounts of this year to, to kind of strengthen in other areas, maybe uh, rob some some of that balance and, and some of the pieces he needs. In regards to Kalu, um, it's a potential, I think it's most likely for me, obviously the, the, the buyout connection, which is always going to be talked about, but I think they saw an opportunity for a player that they might have liked a few traits of. Uh, they thought that maybe we'd give us some options in wide areas should we be playing in that manner. Uh, and his, his contract situation was a little bit different at Bordeaux and it seemed like they were trying to get rid of him. And the, the actual details of that transfer are quite vague, but there had been some indication that he came over for um, quite, a, quite a favorable kind of deal for us and that we just wanted to see what he was about. But I think he was someone that's not really kind of like a long-term scouting option. He's just someone that became available and is an opportunistic signing, which clearly hasn't really had any effect on that team and is not featured at all. So it, yeah, odd signing. And it's, it's, it's one of those that kind of has been coming through the, uh, through the club a little bit over the last few years. Uh, I don't know if it's something we should be necessarily concerned about, but he's definitely not adding any value to the team at this point. I just feel maybe we're just, um, uh, you sort of look at the division and kind of go, it's, it's probably not that strong. And the last time we went, we kind of got away with kind of winging it a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my concern is, you know, can you, can you sort of wing it twice and get promotion? You know, if you're, if you're really on the front foot and proactive, like you say, you can bring in the players and that might be the difference between, yeah. you know, you know, not make, you know, getting automatic promotion. So, um, yeah, I just, I guess we've got to see what happens, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of a bit cynical about it, but well, that's the feeling too. Because yeah, we winged it and got promoted last time, but then look what happens when you get up. There's no, there's no kind of semblance of a plan, and it just kind of falls apart. And I think that's the fear you want to. And everyone, everyone as a Watford fan wants to feel, um, wants to feel that we've got something in mind, we've got a plan in mind, we've got a strategy that we're following. And even if you get promoted, what's the what's what's different next like next season in the Premier League if that happens? Uh, I know we've got a coach that we feel quite good about, but what we actually want to see is him just giving the pieces allowed to to create something and right now it feels like he's kind of having to improvise and we've seen him change his shape we're still playing it out a uh, wing back out of position on the other side and you know that's not where we should be five games I know it's I know it's early in the season still I know these five games are coming in a short period of time it's, it's not the club's not the windows open during the season but 
Um, we all know how close the championship can be in, in terms of promotion racing, every aspect of the championship. You know, five games is considerable to, to still be playing with a squad, but you've got players missing out um, due to transfer speculation or injury, kind of whatever you feel is correct on there. Uh, and also just not having um, players available in, in the positions you need. You know, we've been, we know what Rob was when he came in. We know what kind of, what kind of squad he needs at his disposal. And we've not really given it to him yet. Maybe we will by the end of the window, but it's still going to be six or seven games in. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully I'm pre wrong. But um, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on anyway. Right, thanks for, yeah, thanks for coming out, John. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you, John. Um, Ricky, you've got a request in. Would you like to fire your question off? Good afternoon, guys. Um, don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me? All you can hear me. Good. Yeah, good. Um, it's just with regards to the... I see Jordan's tweet yesterday regarding the loss of Pedro and Saar. Um, I echo a lot of them thoughts. If, you know, the players that are coming in, which we don't know who's coming in, but with the maturity levels that Aspria has shown, which we possibly wasn't expecting at his age, um, do you feel that he could fill that role of Pedro? I know, obviously, we talk about the goals, but Pedro's not exactly prolific. So do you feel that he could be that role going forwards? Thanks for the question, Ricky. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's a really talented player and obviously he's he's shown quite quickly how good he can be. Um I think he's someone the club will feel good on, but I think even from a depth perspective, yeah, he can fill that role of Pedro. He can offer some of those things. And I think there's a good chance that Pedro was viewed as being a um, a bit of a deeper player for Rob anyway. So I think it's kind of like a natural um, replacement there. It's more just a kind of uh, the, the coverage in terms of bringing in, I'm just thinking of one less option. I think about replacing an option rather than like for like, uh, same as Sar as well. It's not that we're trying to, if we sell Sar, we're not trying to go out and find a, an exact Sar sort of profile player. We just need to fill those gaps with players of quality that suit what Rob's trying to do. And I think Esprit is someone that can definitely um, make up for a lot of the creativity lost in, in Pedro. Um, and, and it's definitely a good option to have. But I just think we need to still find other ways of being active in the market and, and supporting Rob as much as we can. Um, but yeah, no, you're not, you're not wrong. It is, it is fortunate we've kind of found ourselves in a situation where we do have us ready to go um, and not someone that's going to be maybe kind of brought in and out of the team for a few substitute appearances and just slowly eased in. Maybe the uh, maybe the fact he's kind of been having to throw in, be thrown into the deep end is actually a good thing for us because it will show us quickly and allow him to develop um, and actually be able to be a starter in his team as an 18-year-old, which I think he could in, could easily do um, for large parts of the season. I think he's a, he's a really good player, so I'm pleased about that. Yeah, Tom, oh, Tom, do you want to come on this one as well? What was your yeah. of a Spreer, uh, you know, replacing Pedro potentially? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that excites me about Aspria, and I said this on the the, the pod post Birmingham, is the the fact that he wants to take the ball in tight areas, in you know, in areas where other players might kind of shy away from it. But there's there's some variety to his game as well. And insofar as he's not just going to kind of do one thing and, and stick to one area of the field, he, you know, we saw him kind of quite happy to come deep and get on the ball. We saw him going wide and kind of almost playing in a kind of winger role a few times as well and, and the same against Preston yesterday and I think you've got somebody there who immediately has shown despite their relative lack of senior experience age all those kind of factors moving to a new country new league you know he's not going to hide for one second is he you know in the same way that Gerard Pedro does um, or doesn't I should say you know he just he just wants to get on the ball and make things happen I think we've got you know potentially someone there who could be really really special given the opportunities I said on the previous pod I'll is he going to get those opportunities with, with Pedro and, and, you know, being new to this this league? Obviously, if Pedro goes, that kind of opens up the door for him, doesn't it? Um, not necessarily in the circumstances that we want, but if there's a, if there's a, if I can kind of be positive here and say there's a, a, a kind of sliver of 
a silver lining to losing Pedro to Newcastle, then I, I guess it's that. Um, not for one second that I want these, this to be the circumstances. But yeah, so far from the, the kind of limited what we've seen of him, kind of two lots of 90 minutes or just under, I've been really, really encouraged by him. Um, and hopefully he got, kind of goes from strength to strength. A couple of spectacular balls, didn't he play? Uh, one in particular for, was it Manai? And- yeah, absolute beauty over the top, season, wasn't it, for Manai? It was the second one for Manai as well. I can't remember the other one. Yeah, there was yeah. there was the one over his over his right shoulder, wasn't it? And he sort of walloped it over on the volley, which was an absolute peach. I can't remember the other one. What was the other one? The other one, the other one was coming out to the left, and he, he just played a nice early ball through the space to to Manai. Manai's one on one and just shot over the crossbar. Yeah, that was absolutely beautiful, wasn't it? And he had the option to to, to play it forward to to Bayer instead, but he saw that spot and uh, I mean he's going to be a very talented player, isn't he, coming forward? I suppose it, that sort of leads me into a question as well: is if you know, the, you know, the worst comes to the worst, and we end up with the striking duo of Bio and, and Manai, are we comfortable with those for the season, or, or do we feel as though, um, well, well, you know, well, I suppose actually I, I can add in um, uh, the, the player wasn't involved yesterday, uh, Keenan Davis, but um, of, of those, happy with those going forward? Not if we're playing a two, um, which we would most likely play with the setup we have. But I, I think um, I think Keenan Davis is a really good player. I think he offers a lot, and I, I'm looking forward to him being available. I think it will help um, in a lot of those forward areas, especially kind of where we saw some of the deficiencies yesterday. But he has a different element of um, of creativity in the sense that he's a, he's a really good bounce ball. He holds the ball well, and he's he's someone that can bring others into play. I, I think I think we'll see more from Bayo. I've seen I've seen a few mixed opinions, but I say leaning more on negative in regards to Bayo. But I think he does offer a little more than we've seen so far. Uh, he's had to work quite hard, play a lot of his back to goal, but where he's actually best is, is being able to play on that shoulder and get around his defender. We saw uh, his, his second chance yesterday against Preston. Whilst the shot wasn't great, kind of into the side netting, you can see the way he got around his defender, the way he, he sort of used his body to get between and had the pace to drive on. I think that's where he's most effective. And he's also someone that plays on the move too. And he's played against a lot of back threes and been quite isolated at times, but still been active. Uh, he's actually got involved in link-up play and he's missed a couple of chances, sure, but I think he'll... I think he's someone that he, he will he will do well for us. Should we keep him in the right position and, and allow him to play in those positions? With Manai, I think it's he's a little bit a little bit more raw. Um, he kind of powers his way through at times, but obviously we saw the finishing and the shot choice yesterday. It was wasn't great, and he might have a, a role for us in the team, but I don't think that I feel comfortable with those three. I think we still need an element of um, a sophistication in the forward line that, that they don't maybe bring as a unit. We just need kind of an added, just an added different sort of profile. You know, you look, you look at the tough players we've been linked to previously in this position. I think we have to kind of go down that route again and try and find someone that can be a little bit more box active, maybe can carry the ball a little bit more, especially when we're talking about Rebbe Pedro and potentially Sar. It's uh, they're quite big boots to fill. I think we just need to have as many options as we can get. Okay, thanks, Jordan. Uh, Ricky, did you want to come back on any of that? No, it was just, uh, just with regards to, obviously, well, I was going to go to the defence now to step away from the attacking-wise. Um, with regards to Courtney Hawes, obviously, coming in, that's well, helps out on the left side. Um, I obviously often see a lot of people be negative about Kafka, but I did see moments yesterday where he was stepping out of the defence. So do you think possibly he could then go to the right-hand side if Jack Stevens, which has been rumoured, doesn't come in? Tom, do you want to as well? No, I'm eating. You go. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Um, Kafka, I think, is definitely the more solid of the outside, too. Uh, I think he, he was actually quite advanced yesterday out the pitch. And that was one of the things he did better yesterday was get her up and, and allow him to kind of work the ball forwards. Uh, I think he could in that right hand side. And I think if Courtney House is to come in uh, and, and not Stevens earlier, then it would, um, it would be him on the right hand side. I think Cavaselli 
looks awkward on the right centre back position still to me. He's not he's not great on, in possession, comfortable on the ball, not as much as Kafka anyway. Uh, and also when it comes to defending in space, he just doesn't look um, he doesn't look suited to it at all. Whereas Kafka, I think is he might not be as as physically able as Cabaselli, but I think he reads the game better. And I think he, he finds himself in better positions on and off the ball. So I feel much more comfortable with him on the right hand side. And I think you're right. If Courtney House came in. Uh, he was the first centre back in. Uh, I think it would be Cathcart's wish over to that right hand side, uh, at least maybe even just in the short term. Uh, but that is certainly what I think um, what we're planning to be doing. Uh, doing. But I am a little bit surprised that we haven't seen. I, I kind of thought yesterday we might have seen, uh, especially with the, the switching of fullbacks again or wingbacks again. I'm surprised we didn't see Gaspar used in that position at all. But um, yeah, based on based on where we are now, I'd say probably Cathcart's the most likely. Okay, thanks, Ricky. Um, right, I'm going to bring up another speaker now. Gifts from the streets. Uh, all right. Um, let me just make your mic live. But I think it's already it's already live. So hey, just yep. Go ahead, Matt. Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you fine. Hey, Matt, it's Chris from work. How you doing? Oh, yeah. hello there. How you doing? Good, thank you. Hello to Tom and Jordan as well. Um, hi, mate. Hi, mate. Hello, you're right. Yeah. First uh, question, really. It's kind of similar um, to to what you're talking about before. Obviously, assuming that Sarah and Pedro like pretty much out the door now. I was just kind of wondering. Um, from the three of you, actually, who your number one sort of targets would be for that striker position? And would you be looking for something similar to Pedro? Like, a, I mean, I know there isn't much similar we could afford, but in terms of like a roaming 10, uh, you know, player that can move out wide, move centrally, or would you be looking for a very different type of striker to play with Davis? I think we can assume Davis would be the main man. So I just wondered, like, who, who each of you kind of would be in for um, any sort of names that, that interest you and stuff like that, really? Thanks for the question, mate. Um, yeah, names is a, is a difficult one. I mean, I think in terms of firstly the profile, I think the question earlier about Espria kind of filling that role, I think that is something the club might continue with. Um, maybe Espria could be playing a further, further position uh, or maybe even um, maybe even we kind of bring in someone who's a little bit more of a poacher. And I don't really like the term poacher as much, but someone that can be a little bit more active in the box and, and just as different elements. You say Davis, Davis is probably going to be one of the main men there. Um, we know that his one of his biggest strengths is his hold-up play and his ability to bring others into play. So you want to have someone that's active in the box next to him. I think uh, there's a good chance we look at that. I know that um, Cameron Arch is still one who's been talked about. He just signed a new contract at Villa, obviously, so it'd probably be alone if that did happen. But he, he's someone that I think fits kind of the the mould of the sort of player we'd want. I think he's one that we're kind of lacking right now. Uh, and I think poetry is often just an easy way to say someone that scores goals, which is obviously not that easy to find. But what I do like about him is that he's able to carry the ball too. He drifts from wide areas, uh, but just in a slightly different way uh, to what Pedro does. Um, he's someone that can can still be productive and still offer you a lot of those things and, and progression and so on, but just does it in a, in a way which might be, uh, just might be not more effective, but can just add like a little different element to, to a side which is kind of lacking that sort of output right now. What about if, you? I could, if I could be greedy, I would say both at this stage because, you know, if we assume these deals are done, which it looks like they are, You've really only got um, Yasser Espria in that, that number 10 role now, unless there's somebody else in the, the squad that we see fulfilling that, which I, I don't think there is based on the question. Um, and then in terms of the forwards, I, you know, I, I was going to say this a minute ago, but I was too busy scoffing my sandwich. Apologies. Um, the, the deals that they did early, fairly early, relative to a lot of the others, to get Bio and to get Manai in, to me, you said that they expected to lose two of the forwards and not three, because when you, as you said, Jordan, now we're essentially down to three proper strikers, Davis, Bayer, and I. Shaka Ford was on the bench yesterday. He's obviously young and, you know, might get some exposure this year, but you don't want to be hanging your hat on him. And obviously Samuel Kalou's future is 
up in the air. Who knows where Penyaranda and Pasetto are? Let's and, and Ashley Fletcher for that matter. Let's not get into that. You know, you you are really talking about three senior central forwards now, two of whom are new to this league and new to this country. So I think we've got to do something in both areas pretty, um, pretty, pretty desperately. In terms of in terms of names, I must admit I'm struggling to think of someone that would be available and that would that that, that would do the job that um, that that Pedro has done for us. In terms of a forward, I think you need someone that can. Personally, I would like to see someone that can um, run beyond. I think that Bayo, maybe we saw a little bit more of it yesterday against against Preston. There were a couple of balls that he kind of chased, you know, on the shoulder of the defender or, or, or into him on the shoulder of the defender. I think there was one from Kayembe in the second half that he sort of, you know, was able to have a run out and, and got the shot away, hit the side netting, if I remember rightly. But kind of feels like we've not, you know, not really got a lot of pace and mobility in those front areas. Manai is not going to be um, that player particularly. And, and Keenan Davis strikes me as someone who uses you know, physical strengths to to bring others into play, but maybe not get in the box at a whole heap of time himself. So, I, I, yeah, it's, a, it's not really quite answering the question, but I would, I would like both if I could be greedy. And I think we need we we need something pretty urgently there because when you look beneath what we've got, there's, there really isn't the depth there, is there? It's, it's gone from being probably my, my, my least concern or my smallest concern to biggest in, in the space of a week. I would like um, I would like Victor Goycrest as well from Coventry. He's, he's a player that would be interesting to have. What can uh, you tell us about like, him? He gets mentioned quite a bit on on my timeline as being someone who's good. He was being linked with someone this week, wasn't he? Not us. I, I, I didn't see he was being linked with. Unfortunately, hopefully that's not legit. But I mean, he's someone you've also got to put a fee down for. But he's you know he's a he's a bigger bodied rangy guy. But he's he's just an intelligent striker that just he moves really well. Um, he's he's technically very good. Um, strikes the ball well. Just just adds a lot to the to the team. And I think. When you're just looking at the sort of profiles we have, I, I think he suits what Rob's trying to do. Um, I think he can kind of give you a little bit of um, little mobility, but also just those instincts in the box to, to get in the right position and just be there. And I think we need to kind of be assessing if, if we can bring these players in. But again, the question is, are the club, club wins put down a fee um, for him? He's not exactly this um, maybe like agile dribble that we discussed in, in terms of Archer <clears throat> or someone to necessarily replace, <coughs> excuse me, replace Pedro, uh, who I know is not. A small agile dribbler necessarily, but he is he has some that he's someone that can have the, the carrying ability to do so. So he's someone that I'd like to see in. But again, are we going to put the fee down? Remains to be seen. I'm not entirely sure. So I think that that's why the Cameron Archer links are obviously quite not being brought up again is because you know obviously we're in the discussions with Villa regarding Sar. Um, and could we see that as part of the deal? Maybe maybe as well as Courtney House, which would have to be then a permanent, I guess. But yeah, interesting to see. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what's going to go there. Everton it is he's been linked with in the last week or so, who you oh, think well, their true. needs are quite desperate and resources despite their problems probably outstrip our own. So Well you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have to put a significant fee down um, to get him. There was also Pyro as well from, from Swansea who was talked about Pyro. Um that mm. I'm not sure if there's ever actually genuine interest there, if that was just kind of more of a well, a rumour. But um again, these the players we we're looking at domestically. I know these aren't homegrown guys I'm suggesting here either, but um, apart from March, obviously, but they are going to be players that are going to, going to require a fee. And if you're looking to, to bring the striker who you can feel comfortable is going to help you now, then you have to be also comfortable with, with putting down some money as well, I'd say. I saw an interesting tweet from somebody the other day. I'm not sure who it was, but they they suggested that Matty Vidra could be could be an option. Now, I don't know what you guys think about that. I never like really going back to a, a player that's been at the club before. It just feels like... I don't know. It's like going back to an old girlfriend, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> it's just never really, it's never really usually the, the right thing to do. But uh, I mean, it it seems like a Pozzo thing because he's, I think he's available on a free. 
Um, he's played this level four and had the success. He's only 30, so he's not, you know, completely dead yet. It, it could be, it'd be something. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think, I think we are in, in inverted commas, rebuild mode. We've got my, we have, we have funds available. We, we have to have funds available at this point. If we are going to be selling Pedro and Saar, um, and we've got to be a little bit smarter. I think Vidra, you know, fine, he might be a supplemental striker, uh, but I think that would be instead of the likes of uh, Manai or Bayo. I don't think he should be kind of added one to that rotation. I think we need to have someone that comes in who um, we can feel is kind of, give us a little bit of confidence to, towards the future too. I mean, if you think of it as well from, from the model which we supposedly operate under, if Sarah and Pedro go, who's the, who's the next biggest asset of the club? Is it probably a Spreer at this point? I think the club should be looking at bringing someone in in a forward area who they can develop and can can suit what Rob is trying to do, but also have a potential sell in the future as well. We should be looking at a younger player who can who can come in at this point. And this is the problem is we're obviously late in the window and it's maybe harder to to get those players in. But that's the kind of position we're in. But as for as in terms of Vidra, I just don't really think that it's a path we should go back down. Um, even in the short term, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I just, I just think of what we have on the books already. We need to be looking at a different sort of profile. But what, what do you think on that one, Tom? Um, <laughs> I think I might have said in our in our, um, in our WhatsApp group that I would be pro Vidra coming back. Um, is there anything in that beyond the kind of nostalgia hit? Probably not. The thing with him is he's obviously injured as well, isn't he? At the moment, he's ACL, I think it was, wasn't it? And kind of April time, suffered against us possibly. Uh, if, if memory recalls. So, you know, he's not going to be coming straight in and, and hitting the ground running regardless. And I, I feel like, you know, we've had a good start and we need to capitalise that from on that from a position of strength rather than be, you know, trying desperately to turn it around. You know, we're obviously going to lose at some point, but trying desperately to turn our form around after a couple of iffy results. Um, so, yeah, I, I would rather probably look to the future. It never quite works out as well the second time, does it? I suppose he's had his second spell here when he came back permanently but the third time I yeah I'm not I'm, I've, I've probably been talked out of it by listening to you there um Jordan the thing I was gonna say is well regarding kind of you know outlay and, and whatnot in the same way that I said on the pod recently you know why would you accept Newcastle's first bid we know they're the richest club in the world clubs know are going to know that we've pocketed the thick end of 100 million this summer that we've pocketed the thick end of 50 million in the last week or you know in a week by in a week's time we will have so they're not going to be letting people go, you know, they cheaply. They are going to be expecting to squeeze an extra few quid out of us here and there. Whether we're actually in the position to do that or not is, you know, open to debate. Um, but it, suddenly it becomes a kind of blessing and a curse. And I wonder, and this is a question for everybody really that's, that's, that's tuned in, you know, how much do we believe that this money is going to be made available to improve the squad today and in the next kind of, what have we got? 10 days of the transfer window left, 10, 11 days of the transfer window left. I, can't, I don't think anyone expects us to reinvest it all, of course, but, you know, how much of, of what we've pocketed do we, do we think is going to be spent? Because I, I still can't see us going particularly big, despite having what on the face of it looks like a, a pile of cash burning a hole in our pockets. This is this is kind of, it feels like this is a defining moment for the club in a lot of ways, this ownership in a lot of ways. I think we've kind of discussed this a fair bit, but when, when you get to this point of the season, if we are selling these two, these two large assets, obviously quality players and, as we've discussed already, the front three, uh, Dennis, Sar Pedro, and also Chicho Hernandez, all going for, um, for for big money. And, you know, with all important players, which could be serving us pretty well right now, if they were all to go, uh, how the club react to that is a real indication, I think, of, of what their intentions are going forward. Because it's, it's definitely something you want to see a reaction uh, from, from the fan base perspective. You want to see them be active and then try to replace. But if, 
if we do go into the, the rest of the season with what we have, uh, that would be a, a, the complete opposite, wouldn't it? We'd be quite frustrated, and I think it would maybe indicate um, the intentions going forward, which, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to say which way it goes, but um, it's kind of a nervous, uh, nerve-wracking situation to be in, I think, right now, because we're just kind of waiting to find out, and, yeah, our fate could be sealed either way in the next 11 days. The frustrating thing is that uh, if we do go up and there's a big boo uh, surrounding that, we'll be in the market for these exact players that we're letting go now. It's 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 very frustrating that um, that uh, you know maybe they're not interested in uh, in sticking around for for a season to to give us that opportunity to go up with them and for them to stay. But you know, if I'm a championship player, I've got the opportunity to play Premier League football. I know what I would like to do, so um, I can't blame them for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, are, are these not the same sort of players that would be looking for in a Premier League season? They are, no, they are. get someone older and worse in. So <laughs> the, the issue, the issue is we, the issue is we, we did, they did stay with us and they did come up with us previously. But do that. I mean, they, they want to play now. Like I don't blame them at all. They've got to secure that. They've got to secure the contract. Jack Pedro might not get a better, better opportunity. I think he would get another opportunity because I think he's a good enough player. Ismail Star, he's twenty four. He's, he's gone off off a little bit. He's not been as um, as desired as, as he was a couple of years ago. So, you know, it's, it's a good opportunity for it. And I don't, I don't blame him at all. The, the question should never be, um, can we keep the players interested enough to stay necessarily? It should be, what, what's the alternative? Because if, you, if you're not a top five, top four team, you are effectively a stepping stone club, player that always going to look to move on if they're able to do so ability-wise. So the whole idea of this team is, is, has been based around bringing in young talent, not the whole idea, but there was an aspect of us which is bringing in young talent such as, you know, Richardson, Pedro, Sar, et cetera, uh, and try and sell on for, for a bigger fee. That's, that's, the, that's the model. But the, the issue is we feel like we're at a point where, yeah, we've got a Spria who we signed last season, but it feels like we're at a point where we're selling those assets, but we've not really had too much indication of the next bunch coming through. Um, we're not kind of replacing them at this stage. And maybe we plan to, but generally these deals don't happen at this point. Uh, we, we need a mixture, of course. We also need players that can help us win now. So them two players going isn't doesn't have to be the end of the world necessarily. They're both good players. I'd rather stay, but we have bigger holes. Not bigger. We have other holes to fill in the squad right now, which have to be addressed as soon as possible. If that gives us a flexibility to do so, then then that's great. And maybe maybe we become um, a, a better functioning team overall. Uh, by investing some of that money. Maybe we don't, but it's, it's something that we have the opportunity to do. Whether or not we decide to or at least attempt to, that that's the question. That we can we can forgive them going into the market and, and maybe not getting everything 100% right. We want to see an, an attempt to do so. I think that's the most important thing. You wonder where Rob Edwards' kind of head is at at the moment. You know, we obviously don't know. It's pure speculation, but what was the kind of pitch to him in April, May time when they were making the approach, you know, you're going to have SAR, you're not going to have SAR, we're going to reinvest this much money, this percentage of money, whatever you know, whatever it is, it's all kind of tied, isn't it, to quite quite significantly to the idea of a rebuild and a kind of cultural reset. Um, if he's not given the money, and I don't think anyone here expects him to necessarily, um, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I don't know if people expect him to be kind of given a budget and go off and spend it exactly how he wants. I think we all understand that that's not quite the the, the way it works here. There's a collegiate approach to recruitment within Watford, but. You know, they, they, I'm sure there would have been discussions around those aspects, around those areas when they were trying to bring him in from Forest Green. And, you know, conceivably, he's probably feeling fairly put out at the moment that he's started to build something and had the opportunity to have Star and Dennis as part of the squad at the start of the season. And probably at that point was feeling fairly good about keeping them. 
beyond the, the August deadline. And, and lo and behold, they've, they've both gone and we're probably going to now lose someone that potentially was was more likely to stick around or certainly, you know, the club have made the noises that he's, he's not for sale or wasn't for sale. So it, it kind of concerns me in that respect as well. What then, how much, what's the knock-on effect for him and the kind of pressure that he is under if they don't get the players in that he needs to um, plug the gaps that we're discussing, then conceivably results are worse. Is he under pressure? Do they stick with him? You know, there's a there's there's a hell of a lot tied to this, which I think probably all adds to your point, Jordan, about this being such a kind of big moment in the ownership's history of this club because well, the history of the ownerships of the the history of the ownership of this club. I think that's what I mean. Got my bit of a tongue twister there. <laughs> um, but it, it's 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 it feels like this is going to be you know when we pod first after the the window closes, it feels like that would have, will have been a, a sliding doors moment one way or another, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think there's, it does, and I think there's no way that there's no way that Robert's content um, with the situation right now. And I'm sure he probably expected some of those players to go. Probably not all four. Um, by four, I mean Hernandez as well. I think he probably would have been quite likely expecting Pedro to stay but I think the bigger concern not concern but the, the bigger frustration for him most likely I'm sure that he was um I'm sure that he was relatively comfortable or at least made the feel so but he'd have some of the players brought in I don't think he'd be expecting the players left wing back at right wing back and have the outside centre backs we do and, and you know lacking some of the the weapons that he needs so that I think will be a frustration for him and you know Rob's very diplomatic and he handles it well in the press conferences and he, he remains positive and at least outwardly and that's you know that's great but I'm sure no doubt you know as a coach he wants to win uh, with, the, with the objective of promotion he wants he wants weapons available and we've, we've stripped him of quite a few uh, and so far we've brought in a couple maybe wrong as I said earlier Chowdhury and, and Davis I think are pretty good signings uh, but there's still glaring holes that need filling uh, and until they are I don't think we'll be content uh, uh, with kind of how things have gone so far it's not put him the opportunity in the, it's not put him in the position to succeed and ultimately that's what we should be trying to do if our objective is to go up in the next couple of years. Um, so it's, it's something that we have to, yeah, we have to keep an eye on. Obviously, it's going to be vastly how it pans out. And as you say, come the, the first kind of discussion that takes place after the window closes, we're going to know a lot more. And I think opinion will, will really be settled because right now it's quite a divisive time for the fan base. Uh, and so much of that is down to speculation of what we're going to do, what the owners are going to do, what they're not going to do. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where where we are come, come that day, which is not actually that far away now, which is it, it's really ticking on and... Yeah, I think it's going to be heating up in the next few days. Have we got any um, anyone else that wants to come up and ask a question or have a have a word at all here? Yeah, uh, get your get your requests, you guys. Um, Chris, um, did you want to come back on any of that? I'm sure you've been listening to what the boys have been saying. Did you want to say anything else? Oh, yeah, thanks, Matt. Um, yeah, just to quickly. So yeah, pretty much agree with most of it. It is a massive final part of the window. Um, I'm going to sort of, you know, be a little bit of a posi apologist in terms of like I think when these bids come in and for how much they are is out of their control. Um, so I think, like, I will cut them a little bit of slack on, you know, what's happening right now in regards to that, because it's not really within your control, especially when you are in the championship, you know, you are there to be picked off. But where I will judge them right now is, um, is kind of how they react to these players leaving and how quickly they react. And what I really don't want to see is stopgap measures. That really will annoy me. Like, I feel like they're going to have enough flexibility to go out and get players that can come in now and do a job now and also progress as Premier League players. Like, you know, yeah. you can go out and get a type of player. Like, I think Chowdhury and, and Davis is the right type of player. I think both mm -hmm. of those could play a role if you did get promoted again. Um, but yeah, I don't want to see any, uh, you know, Albert Rieras or, uh, you know, Santa Carlos <laughs> Sanchez's or, uh, you know, Alex Tejos on the last day of the window because that, I, I still feel if they go in the next few days, there's enough opportunity 
a week in the transfer window is a big section of time. Um, and that's that's kind of like what I want to see. Um, and I will I will cut them some slack until the end of the window and I'll judge it at the end. Um, I do think, just going back to the point in the striker, that we desperately need a number nine who's going to get box. Um, I kind of feel like someone to play with Davis like an archer would be perfect. Um, I think like that's quite important. And I also feel they've got to spend big on a pressing kind of midfielder like who can carry the ball forward. Um, I think, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Rob Edwards is a three-five-two sort of like with a six and two pressing eights mainly. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't, I don't know that for definite, but I feel like we really need to invest in central midfield. It's one of those that, that gets a little bit overlooked. I think sort of Chowdhury, loser, and and sort of like one other, sort of two other players, you know, that can kind of fit in that position because you are going to have injuries and suspensions as well. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Really, I just think um, I will cut them some slack, as I said, but uh, massive week, um, and also you know. Could be quite exciting if they make the right signings. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that, mate. That's um, good questions as well. And I think what you say is true. And I, I think in regards to midfield as well, I think that if if Jaffer wants to go, it wouldn't surprise me if the, the replacement that comes in is a midfielder um, or a creative midfielder just to kind of take off some of that some of that workload on uh, on Aspria. Uh, and also just give us some other options in there. I think I think based on the attacking players we have, he might he might shift his his approach from Forest Green a little bit. Uh, and play with a little bit more of a creative play just because of how good a Spria can be. Uh, so maybe he'll, he'll make some adjustments, but I think it is important that, um, obviously, as you say, we do make those replacements as soon as possible, but in a way that which does add quality and hopefully some longevity as well. Um, but and, and you're right, you can't do anything about the bids that come in, uh, but we know that's going to happen. The only thing you can do about it is to be, is to be prepared and, and acknowledge the fact they are going to come in. Uh, and if you are, if you do have a price range of set up, then then what's the alternative? Where are we going to go from here? And obviously, it's what we discussed. We all hope that we're going to come out with a, a cohesive plan, and we're going to feel good come from the end of the window. It just remains to be seen. So I think we're all in that boat at this point for sure. It's a question for you, Jordan. How do you think the change of style of forward is going to affect what Rob does versus kind of what he wants to do and and, and has been doing as well? If if we assume that he probably never planned to have Dennis and Saar, then he has had them, but we've signed Bayo and, and um, Manai, and now we've got Davis, and I think we're in agreement. We need to still do something on top of that. Does does the plan change, or has he had the plan and been trying to make the players fit all along? What do you reckon? Well, I think I think he's, he's adapted. Um, I don't think he intended to come here and play a three four three if he had the sort the profile of players that he wanted necessarily. I think he likes the you know, the shape that he had at, at Forest Green. I think it gives you a lot of opportunities off the ball as well and you know it's, it's, a, it's a robust system and he hasn't had the pieces obviously we talked about the wing back center back etc so that doesn't help but in terms of the striker yeah it, it would be it would be beneficial for him to have someone that that does kind of work in a, in a cohesive way that fits the fits the team the front three he's had at his disposal from you know the first game of the season against Sheffield United yeah it's not a perfect fit and you have to kind of adapt but the quality is so high so it's, it's so good you have to kind of get them in the team so you know obviously he's going to do that um, if we're talking about you know him developing the squad and, and a team that's functioning, you want to kind of bring in the players that he actually wants to use. I'm not, I'm not saying he wants to go out there and sign these specific players, but bring in the profile that suits what he wants. Um, uh, because Alvaro is not someone that is looking to play as a central figure, yet we are really looking for that sort of striker now. And I think that's why I go back to as well with uh, replacing Pedro. It wouldn't surprise me if it is a midfielder option we look at. Uh, I think he'll feel quite confident in, uh, in, in Keenan Davis if you add one more. Then that's quite a good front too. Obviously, you've got the backup there in in, in Manai and Bio, uh, so it, it's, it remains to be seen how we operate there. But um, the, the striking position is something we do have to get right, and it's not just about bringing in quality; it's about uh, and value. It's about quality and fit, uh, and that's the key thing, I think. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to look to finish this about 10 minutes time or so. Uh, if a uh, request, then get it in. If not, I will just throw it out to Tom and, and Jordan to, to keep entertaining you all. Um, Tom, you wanted to mention about the, the, the Preston North End game and how weak the uh, the substitutes bench uh, looked. Did you want to uh, go into that for us? Yeah, absolutely. I, I ran out of time this morning to do the exact research. I wanted to see how many appearances and how many goals they had between them um, for Watford because I think obviously the answer was not going to be very many, obviously. And I think... You know, I, I can't imagine it was a case of this. It was it was kind of all hands to the pump, really, wasn't it? But you know, it, a cynic might have felt that Robert was was making a bit of a, a bit of a point about um, the kind of strength and depth of his squad, as we've seen the likes of Harry Redknapp do in the past. I know David Moyes at um, uh, West Ham. I was about to say Preston. Now, that's a throwback. Um, at West Ham at the moment is uh, naming kind of two keepers and some kids on the bench. You know, you know, partially out of desperation and partially, I imagine, out of Give me some bloody money, Golden Sullivan. Um, but you know, you look at that bench yesterday: Keeper, Rakoy, Gaspar, Tristikong, Pollock, three um, defenders: Gosling, who is Dan Gosling, Bohan Bo, who 
we've seen bits and bobs from and and quite lights and then Shaq Force, who's obviously you know pretty pretty green as well. There's there's no real goal threat on there. Hungbo's pace, as we've discussed in the past, is is a plus and his kind of willingness to run at people. Yeah, it feels um, like it could be a big season for him this year, particularly if things don't change much in the, in the transfer. Really. Yeah, well, absolutely. If he's uh, if he he's probably never had a better opportunity, I would say to to get a, a decent look in. The only problem for him, obviously, is that we're you know he's a winger and we're playing kind of without typical wingers. But I, I guess he looks uncomfortable centre, isn't he? That's yeah, that's it. If, and it's not you know it's not where he can do his best work either, is it? It's kind of congested and whatnot. You know. The, the the moments I think back to from the championship uh, two years ago, and they are moments, of course, because he only got kind of a handful of minutes here and there. But particularly the one that sticks out for me was Forrest at home, where he came on late and he kind of ran ran whoever was over on the right hand side there fairly ragged a few times. But you know, going up one v one, getting into space and whipping balls across the box—that's his strength. You know, playing through the middle is not going to work for him. Not, of course, that we should shift the whole system around to kind of suit him, but. Um, he's, you know, he was the one player on that bench that you looked at and you thought, yeah, they might, they might provide the impetus that helps, helps change the game. But you know, when you look at the, the squad as a whole, you really, who, who, who's missing at that stage that hasn't kind of been included in in the in the match day eighteen? You're talking about just David. Ngak- it? That's it, and Gakia Davis, uh, is Dapo Mabudi Mabudi out on loan? Delhi Bashir is injured. Um, yeah, losers injured. You know, that, that is the squad now, in reality, with Barr and Keener out on loan. I forgot, obviously, earlier, Ashley Fletcher's gone on loan to Wigan. So, you know, unless unless Posetto or Penuranda are going to... I saw someone... Valencia, isn't he? Oh, is he? Oh, they... bloody hell, he's done well for himself. I saw something, I thought it was a great tweet. I can't remember who it was earlier today. There's the train for, for fans of the pod. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that's why Jordan's laughing. It is. <laughs> I shut the window, especially, and everything. Um, I saw a great tweet earlier that obviously we're at home to Milton Keynes Dons on Tuesday night, so Pranuranda should get his biannual appearance from off. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at this stage if he was involved in some capacity because, you know, realistically, there's only two or three players that are available that aren't, aren't being selected at the moment. Sorry, um, Kalu being one of those, assuming he is still around. So, yeah, it's, it's suddenly from, crikey, how do you actually carve a team out of this this glob of players to actually it's a pretty pretty refined squad now. It's just lacking, unfortunately, in some fairly central areas and we are only 10 days away. If 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 the uh, the club are as proactive as they, you know, constantly tell us and, you know, I mean, all clubs, I suppose, as much as Watford say, you know, we've got we've got constantly updated kind of shortlists for every position, players that are going to become available, are available, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you'd like to think it, that they can be fairly agile and react pretty quickly. But you know, really, you want a forward. I would say personally, and again, throw this open to the floor. I would want a forward, somebody that can do number ten, another creative-ish midfielder, um, and a right wing back. If we assume that the centre halves are coming in the, the kind of names that have been mentioned, and, and say a right wing back, so what's that? Four or five players in 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 ten days, and and even then you're going to have to do some finessing in terms of getting the balance right in terms of homegrown versus non-homegrown because you you've still got more non-homegrown players than than uh, than homegrown, which isn't a problem necessarily. But Rob Edwards has been pretty clear about his his desire not to have to pick players on the basis of that status. So. Yeah, I think I think we're in for a manic manic ten days, personally. Are indeed. Um, okay, we've got uh, Charles who is going to speak to us, and we've got Nelly and Ben who are waiting in the wings. Charles, if you'd like to uh, pop your question on. Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Uh, sort of two questions. I know we're obviously always thinking about it from a fan perspective, but 
How, how do you think Rob's going to feel if it comes 1st of September and, and we haven't really made any serious investment into the squad? And then almost secondary to that, if we don't reinvest come 1st of September, where do we see this in terms of the Pozzo range? Do you think this could be coming to an end? So sort of twofold question, like how's Rob going to feel come 1st of September? And then how are we viewing the Pozzos beyond there if they don't reinvest this time around? Great question, actually. That was the next topic I wanted to speak about. I think if we get to that date and Rob hasn't got those assets, he'll feel um, he'll feel very, very frustrated. And I'm sure he'll feel a little bit kind of a little bit ripped off. Really, I'm, I'm sure that's not the plan. He's not. He's not brought into. Mm. You know, you, you bring Rob Rob Edwards in to develop a squad, create a create something which has been lacking uh, in, in consistency, but also just not necessarily be a firefighter and just get what he can out of the this, this kind of random group of players. He's been brought in as a project coach. He's been brought into um to develop as a coach but also to work with him and and build something uh together so if he hasn't got the pieces in place then we've really kind of we've not we've not done well by him at all and that's one of the questions is will we back him uh, and in terms of w- what the the situation is with the ownership should we be in a situation i would say that if we come to september 1st we haven't made any of those signings we haven't helped rob then i, I think the, the questions of potential asset stripping and, and pressing for sale would be fully legitimized in my opinion if we're not if we're not looking to to help Rob, we're not looking to invest any of the uh, income we've had this this window, then we're not serious about promotion. Really, we're just kind of ticking along and 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 essentially selling the players that have the value to do so, uh, at the expense of the the new head coach and the squad. So, uh, as I said, this is why I think it will be so important to to see how this plays out over these next ten days because it's it is completely um, in, indicative of their ambition and and what their thoughts are going forward. There's been so many conflicting rumors and reports. There's been rumors of a sale. Um, and then there's also been Dutchby coming out and saying there's no sale. And you know some of these some of these kind of discussions around the, the club being up for sale have been some of the sources I've seen have been quite legit. And some of the people I've spoken to, they are genuinely quite good, generally quite good. And it, it seems to be contrary opinion from Dutchby. Who knows? It's just very difficult to tell. I mean, it's obviously every people not getting the truth from Dutchby as well. So we're not entirely sure. But uh, I think just their actions over the next ten days will kind of tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, I'm based in Dubai and there's always been rumours here that there's decks flying around with the Potsos looking for cash or maybe it's a yeah. sellout option. So it's always been at the forefront of my mind. And my real sentiment is just, if we don't go and reinvest right now, it's just, it's just, it's almost like football manager for us. How exciting would it be to go and really make a stamp of authority and say, you know what, we're going to get back to where we should be. Like they've always been saying, you know, Duxbury for years has said that we want to be the best of the rest. And, and the, every action they've, they've taken since then has been the complete opposite. Yeah. At some point, at some point, as a fan, not that we'll ever, you know, give up, of course. But if there's ever an opportunity to right the wrongs of last year, and which of mm-hmm. which there were so many, you just think that now is the time just to go, go and just steer away from that model slightly, and, and maybe appease some fans in the process, yeah. and start afresh and build something quite exciting. Because the buzz around the ground—I mean, I've not been, but it's been—it's been amazing to see, especially when they've not given us and served anything up for us over the last three or four years, anyway. So. I would say it'd be massively exciting, but it just seems like we're just going to be down for another season of, of just poor excuses and, and then Duxbury will come out at the end of the season and try and appease everyone again. Yeah, I mean, I really hope, and I think you're right, I really hope they don't use uh, the, the warmness that the fans have to the coaches as a kind of, escape, not a scapegoat, but a cover for um, for their other activity and or, or lack of. And I think we said it's right in, in terms of appeasing fans and also just giving some positivity, but also actually being a little bit aggressive, you know, being being proactive. And I think it can be it can be looked down upon uh, to expect your team to be signing a bunch of players because you know it can get you, you kind of have a patronising comment in regards to you know, it's not FIFA, it's not football manager. Sure, I get it, but in certain situations such as ours, there's a genuine need to spend 
uh, and be active. And not saying we should do what they've done, but look at what Forrest has done when they got promoted. When they got promoted, look at what we did under um, under Kike Santos Forrest the first time. There's a lot of changeover, and sometimes you need that, and you have to you have to adapt. And I think we're in a situation, a position of flux. We have to we have to kind of change the um, the makeup of the squad, and this obviously requires some some movement and some, some incomings and outgoings. But we're in a position where we should be able to do so. If you put it, if, if Duxbury is a, a someone that's telling us the truth, or you know, kind of be honest with us. He's told us at the end of the season we're in a financially stable position, and that's prior to bringing in, including SAR, close to 100 million pounds in in the transfer market. I know we've got other things going on, I know we have debts and so on, but the ultimate goal, even if you're talking from a financial perspective, is to get promoted. That's the ultimate goal, and you can spend a fraction of what we brought in uh, to improve the squad from where it is right now. So it, it, there's a lot that needs to be done. We hope they can be done in a short amount of time, but you know you can you can tell the way you're speaking there as well you kind of echo pretty much the thoughts of, of every Watford fan right now even the optimistic ones there's still an element of of frustration and, and concern no matter how positive you are I would, I would imagine yeah I just go back to the idea of imagine if we'd stumped up the cash for Tony two years ago where would we be now as a football club so yeah. you know we can't we can't have the error of Andre Gray being the the one thing that's stopping us from spending cash again. I just think the fan sentiment, if we go out and sign a big number nine, would be almost something that we've never really had over the last five years. Yeah, and also, and also Charles, there's also the opportunity to um, to be active in the market in different ways as well. I think I think the club or the fan base would feel a lot better if we were active in the market in different areas, whether it's domestically, uh, whether you're bringing in some, some younger talents, you're integrating into the team uh, or, or trying to be a little bit a little bit smart in your equipment with your funding a market that you can tap into like we have with the, the South America market. But we're not really even doing that this window either. We're not really trying to, we, we've made a few couple of signings, obviously got the loan situations which have been good, but we still need that extra kick on and, and how they do it will be interesting to see. But a, a marquee signing for lack of a better term, yeah, I mean, go out and buy a player that you know is good. That's also fine to do sometimes. You say you can't let Andre Gray um, kind of mentally sky you to the point where you won't put down fees anymore for these players. Because at a certain point you have to look at winning now, and uh, we are in a we are in a situation where, in my opinion, if we are serious, we have to be looking at winning now because we do have the parachute payments, we do have a, a good income this year, financial fair play wise. This is the opportunity to be active in the market if there ever is one. We can only hope, guys. Look, credit to you guys. Love the stuff you do every week, and it's uh, I guess we're all just feeling the same right now, just a bit left in the dark. And fingers yeah. crossed, something happens over the next what nine, ten days, and and come the first, we're all absolutely buzzing all over again. Yeah, you can considerably. Question the time as well. Oh, sorry, go on, go on. No, no, it was a really good question, Charles. Thank you. Just uh, to finish off, I was just going to say you can conceivably see, or I certainly can, a situation where we get to September first or September second, and there's a statement from Duxbury or Gioretta or someone in the in the in the name of open communication, where we've done minimal or no business, saying, you know, we believe we've got a squad to win promotion, and I just don't think, you know, I just don't think anyone would buy that right now. Again, not wanting to speak for an entire fan base, but. You can see that happening, and I just I can't look at that squad and say that that's been would be said in in honesty. But let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope any fears are misplaced. We just need to get a bit of a wiggle on. Yeah, thanks for the question, Charles. It was a good Cheers, question. Cheers, guys. Um, really appreciate yeah. it. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Very much. Thank you very much. Um, okay, Nelly, we've made you that's a good speaker, question. so we should be able to hear yourself now. If you unmute yourself. Afternoon, guys. Afternoon. Afternoon. Um, it's just a very quick question. I don't think this has been covered in depth so far. Um, it's just really about the the right wing back option, um, as we know, with Rob Edwards, his favourite formation is that three-five-two uh, with uh, with attacking wing backs. Um, we, we all know options are pretty scarce at the minute, as we're kind of you know it's a square pegs round hole situation. Um, in, in terms of kind of potential you know incoming position, uh, do you guys have any particular you know 
players in mind. Um, I know that Ed was one that we were heavily linked with, but apparently Rob Ed was, wasn't keen, um, which I did find a bit surprising given that I think he would add an extra dimension in that, with that formation. Um, I think the other guy potentially we've been, well, been talked about is the lad at Arsenal. Um, is it Norton Caffey? Yeah, Brooke Norton Caffey. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, I want to know your thoughts because I think at the moment with, you know, I mean, Gasper, I think, filled in that role admirably at Birmingham. Um, it was just a bit strange he didn't play there yesterday. We went back to the you know, Kamara Semmer um, axis. Agreed, yeah. So, yeah, just what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, thanks for the question there as well. Um, I, I think you're right. It is a little bit weird he didn't go back to yesterday, but I think also we might have answered that in the first part of your, um, your question there. He wants those players that can bomb on him and get forward. And whilst um, Gaspar is, is good at kind of creeping up the pitch, we have been using the ball quite well and trying to get that ball into midfield. He's not going to be someone that's going to be bombing up the side. And I think he maybe feels the mobility of Semmer and Kamara as a pair, maybe just offers a little bit more. Um, but in terms of players, personnel-wise, as you mentioned there, North is a, an interesting one. Uh, North Coffee, sorry, he's a, he's a player that could could come in and we've seen that he's, had, he's good, had good EFL experience. He's done really well in his loan spell at Lincoln last year. Um, works both both sides of the pitch really well, up and down. Um, with off you a lot, but also I think as well the one that's kind of just been bubbling in the background, maybe that even or we've been potentially thinking might happen for most this offseason is uh, Festi Abuseli at Udinese. Obviously, he went over there from Derby in the in the summer and just kind of thinking what's going to happen with him. He wasn't in the squad yesterday, I believe. He's he's not really someone that's going to be a, a starter for them necessarily, but he's someone that could come in and and potentially be one for us. So I, I do think that if we come to kind of later on the window, even later in the window. If nothing is done, he's one that we might see kind of shipped over. And out of all the players that we could kind of foresee happening, that, that see that happening with Udinese and us, that connection kind of being struck up again. I think he's the one that you'd feel most confident on coming over and being successful, being useful for us. It might be a bit of a perfect fit. In terms of the uh, the lad one, that's always a strange one. I don't entirely understand that situation where um, supposedly Rob was no longer or didn't kind of like him as a player. It seems seems quite strange. There's been so many conflicting reports on that one, so it's kind of hard to say. But yeah, I think I think Norton Cuffey is, is an option and also I'd say he's one to watch as well. Okay, cool. Um, Jordan, can I ask you a quick um, what's the latest on Mateus Martins, the, the the sort of a Brazilian guy from Flamenzi? What what I last heard was that um, they rejected an offer from from Udinese slash Watford, um, and they, they don't have an interest in selling at this time. But now it seems like Sporting from uh, from Portugal are interested. But uh, have you heard anything else on that? It seems that whatever whoever gets him is not going to be till January. So that's the that's the thing with him. Yeah, that's right. Because the Brazilian transfer window is already closed. Well, I think it's to do with I think it's to do with the um, just the structure of how they're using. I'm not sure what contract situation he has. And so on, but it, it might be legal-related, but it's it's just something which is, I think it was in the Athletic that reported that it's not going to be until after then, so that will obviously be playing out as the immediate, but um, yeah, I mean, a sporting interest as well, it does obviously complicate things a little further. Okay, cool. Um, ben Smith is, is here. Thanks for the question, Nate, that was a good question. Yeah, thank you very much for that one. Um, ben Smith, we've, we've uh, given you the option to unmute yourself, so uh, go ahead and, and fire away your question. Yeah, I was just wondering what you guys think about us tapping into the loan market anymore. Because obviously Davies and Chowdhury look like good signings and House, Courtney House, potentially on loan as well. Probably a good signing. But it just feels like there's a reluctance to spend. And I'd, Cameron Archer and Brooke Norton Coffey are two names that have flown about this window. And I think they're, they're good players. But it does. I don't, I don't want us to spend for the sake of it. But it feels like it's a bit short-sighted and getting someone on the permanent could be a lot more helpful. Good question. The cynical part of me 
wonders if, particularly with Keenan Davis and Hamza Chowdhury, those you know fees have been agreed seemingly in in, in this period already, but the spend obviously wouldn't be until next season or next summer. I, I just wonder if you know that is a way of we'll never know obviously, and and, and that's the kind of club's prerogative. But I just wonder if those are it's effectively done. They are permanent transfers, but we're taking them on loan so that the, the actual outlay is bumped you know, 12 months down the road. And therefore we maybe will see a few more like that, you know, hopefully when the financial situation is better, i.e. we're in the Premier League and getting that revenue. But yeah, I I, I would, I, I definitely think it's not a coincidence that, and also I would say that, you know, these players aren't cheap, right? Like there's, we all know there's a bit of a tax on homegrown um, players, particularly now, you know, we're in the championship. We have to kind of have more uh, of them. But yeah, I, I, I think definitely I'd, I'd be, aligned with your kind of thinking there, Ben, personally. What about you, Jordan, Matt? Yeah, um, I think it's, it's the difficulty of the loans. Obviously, we're, we're desperate for some, some positivity. We want to see the squad being built. So when it's a, it's a loan, you're always kind of fearing, well, they would go back in a year's time, even with the option um, to buy in there. But I, I think it's it's fine. These players that we bring in, it's not a bad setup in terms of the structure of the deal. We don't entirely know the way that Keenan Davis structured his uh, his goodbye to to Villa. It feels like he's certain that he's not coming back there. So I do wonder if some of these, as you say, some some of these deals are structured in a way in which the club are signing in pretty much no matter what next summer, which would kind of be ideal. Uh, and and Chattery is a similar situation, but we might have wanted to do our due diligence on him as well. And you know, maybe that's something we can we can deal with when the season ends. We might have quite a good hand to, to get him to stay permanently. So don't worry too much about it. But in terms of going forward, I think we should be looking at more permanent options just for a obviously that kind of more solid investment. You know, you've got kind of more of a long term output. But also, if we're bringing in some younger players, looking at potential sell-ons, and it's, it's fine. I don't mind lending players. I don't really have that issue with developing other players that some do. I think if it helps you win now, then it's it's a good thing, and we, we need that in some areas. But I think it'd be smart for us to to look at other other avenues in the market and not overdo the loan situation to the point where we could be left with a, a bare squad again next summer. I think use loans as supplementation, but don't rely on it as the main kind of foundation of your recruitment. Yeah, cool. Um, I also just wanted to mention quickly how bad our sale of Zinconago looks now. I, th- I think it looks like <laughs> it. it's exactly the sort of profile we want now Jao's gone. Yep. I mean, we're, we're... That's a very good point. It is, and this is this is the this is the issue when it comes to when we talk about contingency plans and what we discuss with Rob and so on. This is where when you start to see deals like that, then things start to become very short term, and that is what that is what bothers me or kind of gives me concern going into this crucial part of the transfer window. If this plan is contingency, you know, in place, then then where do those deals come from? You know, like I know maybe you're kind of waiting to see what comes in for the bigger guys, the big players, but. As you, as you said there, Ben, he fits the, he fits what we were asking for him. He also, we discussed this in the preseason podcast too, when you're looking at the squad we have and who suits Rob's systems, Zinconay was one that you'd look at, look what he did at Forest last year and say, you know, some of the complaints of central areas can drift wide, uh, but he's great off the ball, he presses really well and he's suited the Norwich, Nottingham Forest team, which operated in the areas quite similarly to how Rob wants to. So to let him go at the age he was, the price he was, uh, it seems it seems really bad in hindsight as well, I agree. Uh, and you know, I don't know how to say anymore. It does give me concern um, yeah, for our long-term or even short-term contingency. What, what do you think on these ones? That, that's that's the theme, though, isn't it? There's a lot of short-sightedness with this club, and I think that's probably the the big overarching issue that we we've all got with it, and the fact that they don't they don't match up with what they say. So yeah, I think I think it's, I think it's that, and I think it's also I still think they I, I still think that, that they struggle a little bit in blending departments, and I, I think that they can be too quick to. 
to take away um, agency of certain certain groups or certain departments in the club. For example, kind of allowing him to go when he, he obviously suits a lot of what Rob is trying to do. Um, it's, it's very short-sighted. It's not, it's not something we can say they've necessarily replaced in the squad. They haven't. They've just kind of gambled effectively on, on some of the players we have. And you look at the game yesterday, if he had Zinchenko coming off the bench, it, it, it looks way different and it gives you way more options. You end up having Van Gosling coming on for a spree, and it's it's just not it's not what we should be really looking at. Why why take away those weapons from him? I don't think it's a great plan, and I think it's definitely a good point to raise. And I think Zinchenko was one of those guys which could have been useful, and we sold him for pretty much nothing. This is where the openness and clarity of communication would be useful, isn't it? That to know was that a club decision, was that a Rob decision? You know, I doubt we'd ever get it in in such kind of explicit terms. But for you know, if he was able to come out and say. Well, he could, he could, I guess, but football managers never answer questions this straight. You know, did you want Philip Zinkenagel around this season? If he says, if he says no, and you know, goes into detail on on why that was, then that's one thing. If he says yes, which obviously he wouldn't, because then it's kind of making it obvious that it's the club acting above his head. And at least we know where we stood, but we just don't. And I'm not, you know, that's not necessarily even a criticism of Watford because no club operates with that much that level of transparency. But it would be genuinely interesting to know. And I, I don't see any reason why Rob Edwards couldn't, you know, or the club couldn't say on Rob Edwards' behalf, yeah, it was his decision to let that, that player go. It's, um, you know, not somebody he was going to use. So we thought we should take a transfer fee for him. There are a couple of um, elements to it as well in regards to in regards to Lincoln Eagle. When, when I say about kind of collaboration between departments, I know there are elements of the recruitment department which should disappoint to lose Lincoln Eagle. Um, that felt quite good in the signing and it's one of the situations which also comes about when you are going through a transitional phase if we are suddenly deciding that we are going to kind of back Rob but also invest in the sort of style he plays and kind of look in a longer term um, perspective of after Rob is gone are we bringing in coaches that operate in a similar way so we can start recruiting for a certain style of play a certain profile of player there are going to be some that kind of get caught in that in between where someone like Zinkenegel might go I think the other um, other Kind of point we have to look at as well as did Philip Zinkenegel want to be at Watford after after the situation he had uh, where he didn't really want to kind of be going out alone to begin with he wanted to be given opportunities and he wasn't so maybe he was done here as well it might have been a crossover too but I do know for sure that there were some that, that were not pleased about him going definitely I also feel like the, uh, the loan feels a bit short-sighted as well now given that uh, you know if Joe Pedro's yeah. off I mean he would have been a you know a decent uh, substitute probably better than Gosling to come on to replace him yesterday. So yeah, it's it's so difficult because the optics can change so quickly. Because if if you if if we don't make any signings or any, anything substantial, these things are all they're all completely valid points. You know why isn't Queen, why did we have Queen as an option? Why didn't we have Zinchenko as an option? But then there's the chance that we we do bring in players in these roles and it all kind of makes sense. It's just it's just very difficult. And another club tried to be more open. Um, and it's, it's I'm not really expecting the club to come out and be like, look, we're going to sign players and we're going to. You know, be active in the market. Although they effectively did say that already. I mean, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking to myself, there were statements where Rob has said that if we sell those players, we have a contingency, we have a, you know, we have options in mind. So let's see what happens. But in, in the very short term, as where we are right now, even just looking at those five games, you know, we were lacking options. And yesterday's bench, we discussed earlier, it's it, it was it was bleak, uh, and that's partly down to the sale of some players, which could have been helpful at this point. Given everything that's happened so far, though, with the uh, you know the confusion and speculation and all that, um, not a bad start so far, really, with, with two home victories and, and three away draws. It's not a bad start on paper, is it? It's not. It's not a bad start, but it's it could have been it, it could have been better if we if we had a little bit more support and and so on. But I, I just yeah, I mean, it's the things to be positive about for sure. I think it's just it's impossible right now with the kind of 
the season we've had in the past with Watford in the relegation last season, we're looking as a club, as a fan base, we, we're all going to look longer term and, and kind of look at a bigger picture. And that's kind of the main concern because whilst we can get through these games, we picked up some good points you know, unbeaten still. There are, there are some issues as well, which are, are still evident. Um, we just want to see resolved. But what I will say is we have done a good job in the players yesterday that, that were played. Whilst they weren't, you know, perfect and necessarily what everyone or Rob necessarily wants, I thought the application was really good and the 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 feeling around the team has been quite positive. Um, as a group of players, it's mainly just kind of refining it, I think, at this point. But yeah, they are good points on the board considering all things. Okay, cool. Um, last request time. If anyone has something in, get it in uh, urgency. Probably, otherwise, we're going to look to finish this pretty much now. I will, I will ask a question. I will ask a question. I just ask, oh, ask when question, any, yeah. oh, just whilst we're seeing if there's any requests. Um, this has obviously been a, a massive talking point, which we touched on earlier. But seeing if it's kind of discussing which way the club are going, how do you feel about the um, the injury stuff with with Simon Pedro? What do we what do we reckon was actually there? Are we, are we saying it was legit? Are we saying that it was um, it was not? Go for it! Go for it! Go for it! I I think Rob Edwards is being genuine and honest because I've got no reason not to not to uh, believe him. However, if he's being told incorrect information, he's only repeating that to us, um, uh, you know, so maybe he's being uh, fed some lies as well, perhaps, who knows. But are these, are these potentially, it, it might not be incorrect or untrue, there are some injury concerns, but are they injury concerns that would necessarily keep them out of the game? Because all these players have a level of injury going into games. Isn't it? So yeah. are these actually injuries that keep them out of games or is it just a, a, a minor coincidence which allows them to justify without necessarily lying. That's, that's right, isn't it, Jordan? I mean, what, wasn't there a great stat you came out with the other day that says something like uh, 90% of, of, of players playing professionally are carrying some kind of injury that oh, they yeah. are I mean, managing? It's impossible. It's, injury management is a massive part of the game. And if you if you kind of get to get a close look in your club, then you, you're going to see that you know, every player that's, that's going through these, these practices every day, training five days a week and you're on the pitch and you're playing at high intensity and yeah, you're going to be you're going to have a lot of injuries, and it's it's not it's not hard to to imagine that um, they will be carrying an injury that could technically justify leaving them or kind of having them absent. But it is it is odd, isn't it? And I I think it was always in the cause a lot of speculation. And I don't think it's unjust either. What what do you think on that stuff? Oh, oh, I didn't realize I was not on mute. Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I don't personally have a massive issue with it. But there comes a point with these deals, right, where you you kind of think. It's going to happen now. The balance has tipped in in favour of it happening, right? In in both cases, and therefore the player is probably mentally at their new club, or at least not at Watford, uh, which is no criticism of them. I'm moving job at the moment, and I've got a week left in my existing job, and you know I've had a fantastic time, but I'm absolutely looking forward to my new job, and I'm to be honest, I'm mentally more in Ireland because I'm going away for three weeks, but still, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm mentally in a space where I'm you know, conflicted, let's say. And I imagine... So you said you were calling sick for last week, is that what you're saying? No, absolutely not. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a professional, regardless of my fitness or lack thereof. Um, but, you know, it's there is an element of... You have to treat them as human beings as well. And I imagine from a club point of view, if they're on the cusp of pocketing somewhere between 50 and 60 million for these two guys, say, it's obviously an extreme example, but say one of them turns around and breaks their leg in a horror challenge... And, and, you know, take, take Saab, that's probably the worst case scenario because he's only got, has he got 12 months after this season left? Um, so, to, to you know, if that ruins a season and then suddenly he's at a point where he's only got 12 months of his deal left, they're never going to get their money back on him. 
And would as much as say that they're, they're left out due to the yeah, I, I, I would, I would honestly, yeah, because personally, I don't have an issue with it, and I think a lot of a lot of people understand that as much as we'd love it if they were all born within a you know a miles radius of Watford General Hospital, bled yellow and supported Watford and knew the lyrics to every Elton John song. We're realistic enough to know that that would give us a very small pool of very bad footballers, and therefore we do have to go further afield. And you know the payoff for that is that they will want to progress their careers and take opportunities to do so. And it is a career for them, and it is about uh, providing for themselves and their family. And therefore, you know they have to take these opportunities. I've got you know I've got no to grind against either of those guys. And if they want to protect their interests, then yeah, I don't blame them. And I almost think like it's a case of we would be. I think football fans aren't stupid and they would prefer to be treated like adults and told the actual fact of the matter um, rather than, you know, convenient half-truths, which is probably what it is. I doubt these things are entirely fabricated, but convenient half-truths is probably the, the nicest way of uh, spinning it. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, do we have any more requests, Matt? Or is that... Yeah, one request. Uh, we'll make this a lot. Um, I said we were going to finish 20 minutes ago. <laughs> but uh, we're enjoying it too much. Uh, Alan uh, has requested to speak. So, Alan, uh, if, you, if you'd like to submit the last question of uh, this uh, Watford Buzz uh, Twitter space. Hi, guys. Uh, it, it's just some kind of general points, really. I think what tends to happen on Twitter spaces and Twitter in general is I think we there's a lot of second guessing around what's going on at the club. Uh, accusing, 100%. accusing the club of lies, accusing the Hotzos of not wanting to invest, uh, suggesting that Rob might not be happy with the squad as it is or certain players. And, and I, I, I just tend to prefer to deal with facts, really. I, I, you know, I don't deny that as we go into the final sort of 10 days of the transfer window that we're going to need to shuffle the squad, particularly if we lose Pedro and Saar. Um, um, but I, I, I just think there's a kind of a... I, I just find it frustrating. There's so much second-guessing around what's going on and rather than dealing with facts. And then what happens is, I tend to find, is that instead of dealing with facts, we just got the kind of... Uh, the, people form their own narrative and then they peddle that as the truth rather than, than just mm-hmm. their own opinion. And and I and I think there's oh, lots. I think there's a lot to be. Alan? I think there's a lot to be positive about. To be honest, can you hear else here, Alan, or is it just? Sorry. I can. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. uh, Maybe you wanted to mute me because I was talking rubbish. But um, <laughs> so I, I, I tend to be, you know. Okay. Well. Um, hello. Tom or Jordan? Do you want to come in? So, we can. We can hear him, Matt. We can hear him. He's talking. Yeah. Just. Just finishing on the point. Really, I. I tend to be you know, for the most part, quite optimistic. And uh, I found it frustrating yesterday being in the way at Preston that there are people getting on the players' backs after 20 minutes. You know, we've had a number of changes in the side, not least because we've got players out through, through as it's been reported, injury. We Yes, we had a weaker bench, but I actually felt the team yesterday gave us, a, you know, they gave us 100%. And I think we got a decent point yesterday. And I think over the next 10 days, we will see changes in the squad. And so I just think we need to, kind of calm down a bit. I don't think the club's in, in quite the bad place that some people want to believe or, or believe it is. And that, that's just my general viewpoint, really. Just the last point I would say, actually, is if we do, um, as anticipated, sell Saar to, uh, to to Villa, I'd like to think we would get Archer in return because I think if we've got Davidson Archer up front this season with a spree behind them, I think that's a pretty good front three, to be honest. That's a good point. I quite like the idea of that. A little bit of quid pro quo on the, the, the deal there. I think, Alan, you're absolutely right, mate. You've, you've 100% nailed it. It's a great point to finish on, actually, because 
in the in the, the you know I think the club deserves credit for whether you, you you agree with it or you buy some of it or you just flat out disagree with everything that comes out of the club. You can't say that they haven't tried to be more open and honest and give us a bit more of an idea of what's going on um, since the end of last season, and that should be applauded. But there is always going to be an element of you know and a large element of information and stuff that they just can't tell us or don't want to tell us, and understandably so. And in that vacuum, people do kind of and, and we're obviously part of this by being a podcast. Uh, you know, put their own opinions out there and, and it does get kind of whipped up in a frenzy depending on how good or bad things are, usually more so when it's it's bad news um, and, and it kind of espouses opinion. And I think we I saw that personally with the, the Mario Gaspar thing. I tweeted what my friend who watches Villarreal every week said about him, just a couple of lines uh, when it looked like it was going to happen. And before I knew it, I had people tagging me in it going, oh, he, so-and-so said that his legs have gone. And, and so all of a sudden, the phrase that seems to be associated with Gaspar is his legs have gone. And actually, on the evidence of a couple of games, he looks to me... Anything like but, that. yeah. Anything but, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's a dangerous game. And no, you're 100% nailed it, mate. 100% with you. I think also the element too, where, you know, speculation is part of, part of the fandom too. And we all like to have a chat. And obviously, social media opens up so many more avenues for that. And and that's where the Twitter space is ended, uh, a little bit prematurely, um, and apologies there. we uh, not exactly sure what happened, really. The, uh, the Twitter space is just sort of closed. Um, but, but it was very good. We enjoyed it a lot. And um, Jordan, Tom and I will definitely be up for, for doing another one of those in the future if uh, if you guys and girls out there are, are interested in it. And if you do uh, we want more of those, just uh, drop us a message and let us know that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd be keen on that. Uh, and also give us an idea of what sort of times suit best as well. We just kind of picked an arbitrary midday, but uh, p- perhaps on a Sunday later on in the day uh, would work better. Uh, of course, we don't want to clash with anybody else that are out there doing uh, doing one of these as well. So um, we'll have to come up with something that, that's suitable. But um, yeah, if you enjoyed it, get in touch and let us know. Uh, and if you like the pod in general, you can do that uh, just by going down and giving us some feedback uh, a rating out of five and also a comment would be fantastic we always love to get those in yeah if you want to if you want to um, help the show help support the show we have a Patreon page as well you can find us at Watford Buzz uh, on Patreon just give us a, a, a follow there and, um, and uh, we'll be very grateful so I hope you enjoyed this um, different type of podcast um, sort of a, a copy and paste of what we did on Sunday but so that everyone that follows us uh, on the pod can listen to it as well if you didn't catch it on the Twitter spaces we'll be hopefully back after Tuesday after the MK Dons game if not you'll find us after the uh, fixture this Saturday goodness coming thick and fast now aren't they but um, anyway from Tom from Jordan and from myself Matt uh, we very much enjoyed this one and uh, we look forward to doing more in the future so uh, see you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.